Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, and we are up to episode 42, and today we are joined by Ajlene and Beth. Um, hi, I'm Ajlene. Uh, I've been on the podcast quite a few times, um, so not going to get too much into it, but uh, after you check out this podcast, check out uh, mine, The Feminist Critique, or Disney Dives. Uh, both of them are um, movies. Yep. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, if you don't know who Ajlene is by now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like, yeah. Uh, obviously, I very much enjoy being on this podcast. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for coming on all the time. Hi, my name is Beth. I live in Pennsylvania in the United States. I would, what would you say, a first long time listener, first time caller <laughs> as far as being on this. And um, I'm just very excited to have real people to talk, like real life people to talk to about this. Because no one I know, no one I live with reads Webtoons or Midnight Poppy Land. So I'm very excited. Yep. Uh, currently, the only person I know who reads it is um, my husband because I make him read it. But he doesn't actually read it. He like he hears me talk about it, and he reads. Uh, he's read a few, few chapters, mostly to prank me. <laughs> I tried to talk my boyfriend into reading it, and he was like, mm, "I don't think so." He's like, "What, what comics are you reading?" I'm like, "I'm not. Mm, it's different." And I don't know how to pull it. Like, I feel like comics is it doesn't capture it fully, and it's not you know it doesn't portray the depth of this and storytelling that we have. So. I did say webtoon, but nobody knows what webtoons is, and webtoon is really the app. So I don't know. What do you guys call it? Um, I usually call them like graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because yeah. like there are a lot of like different. Because I feel like comics in themselves, uh, especially in America, are very like superheroes and stuff. Where yes. graphic novels kind of go in the way of um, emulating anime in a way. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and I guess you know yeah. novels have a broad range of genres and and depth and complexity. So yeah, graphic novel, I like that. Episode forty-two. We start out with a continuation from what happened last time. Gil is looking over at Poppy's desk and he's looking over at the notebooks on Poppy's desk. And the word that we have all used to describe him is shady, slimy. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, he's been. Looking he didn't at her come desk. off that way before. Right, he didn't. He was just like a boss. He, we knew that he was in fin- the company was in financial trouble. We knew that he was gone for the weekend and he had come back. And then we know from last episode that he gave him three days off, which is a little hmm, iffy. And here he's just looking really creepy. He has his eyes eyelids closed. And um, one thing that's also creepy about him, which is interesting, he has like one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, he has like ten hairs on his chin. Which is neither here nor there. He doesn't have a beard, and he isn't weird, and it's just it's really weird. And yeah, I think it's also the lighting in the background too. Like there's there's like this darkened like that you know like scary ominous sort of. I feel like there would be ominous music behind him behind this. 
Right. The office previously was usually very light and cheery, but now suddenly when Gil is the focus of attention, there's this shadow. Mm -hmm. The crew doesn't look at him that way because he says, oh, hey, Poppy. And then Poppy comes out and she's like, oh, hey, Gil, you're back early. When I hear you come in. And she's leaning against the doorway very casually. So it's clear that they have this close relationship or at least a very casual relationship. Which is also interesting in terms of like being a boss. He doesn't seem to have this intimidating you know, dogmatic, hierarchical relationship with his employees. Yeah, buddy, buddy. Yeah, he's very casual, at least like in our in some of the previous chapters, like, we didn't get that creepy feeling from him. It was just like, his face is very plain, too. So we don't really remember him as a character in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I when he first entered, I thought, oh, he's like a cool boss, you know, he's the laid back kind of boss you know lets his employees he trust obviously he trusts his employees to run the company in the in his absence so i was like oh he's laid back but also successful but then i know you guys said earlier that there's money problems so it's, it's a very different shift in his character development right and you know it's interesting we also see how casual it is because poppy's t-shirt literally says calm the f down that's so <laughs> and if you, that work, you know it's casual right join us she's like oh do you want to join us or do you want dessert from the patio which, by the way, the patio is um, the store that's next to them, which I'm going to assume is where Dayu works. That was something that was hinted at. And so we'll see if it's confirmed. But one of the many places he works at. But anyway, but, you know, they're very, they're very friendly together where they're, you know, going to eat together. Yeah. But, um. So he ends up like saying something along the lines of like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, you know, rushing out. Just, you know, came to grab some stuff. Yeah, but then he says, by the way, and da-dum, da-dum, this is where the suspenseful music would come in. I found a black <laughs> notebook lying around on the floor. Now, we have been searching for this notebook and speculating about his whereabouts for forever. And yeah. we we were, we were constantly thought, we thought Poppy had it in her backpack that she didn't tell Tora. We thought Gil had it, but then we thought maybe Gil didn't have it because the focus on the monkey backpack up on the roof. But then last week, Lily confirmed with us on Patreon. She said that when Poppy said that she was organizing her papers, she meant the report. She didn't mean the notebook. So that, you know, led credence to the theory that Gil does have it. And now this entire episode is just all about that. So he says, does it belong to any of you? And he has this, you know, Lily has this panel of him with his eyes wide open and like, oh, my innocent cutesy face. <laughs> and then <laughs> Poppy's reaction, though. Yeah, um, so she, she doesn't hesitate or anything. She just goes like, nope, that's not mine. You know, I don't really have any black notebooks to begin with. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, did you guys drop a black notebook? So we always were like, does Poppy know about the notebook? Does she have it? And when Tora had asked her about the notebook and she said, no, I don't know. I don't, I didn't find anything else. I mean, he, he didn't ask her about the notebook. He asked if she found anything besides for that, that bloody shoe. And he said, no, we thought she was lying. We thought she was fooling him with her oh i'm cute and innocent on the outside um but from this well it still is a possibility right it could theoretically be that she is is lying but it doesn't look like it because she immediately asks like hey guys did one of you drop a black notebook and erdine's like no mine not color coded jacob says no are you sure you always losing your stuff and then poppy tells him to come out and look at the notebook and poppy and gill's eyes are focused on poppy the entire time and observing her reaction Yes. Yeah, the entire time I kept thinking that in his head, it looks like he doesn't believe her at all. Something. He definitely put this notebook out 
to see what her reaction is and to see what how she reacts. And Andrea's like, isn't Gil joining us? No, he's rushing off for a meeting. So that kind of makes me think that this meeting he's rushing off to is that Lily wanted to highlight it and bring suspicion to the meeting. Like to emphasize, you know, who is he meeting? What's he meeting about? Kind of curious. And he's like, hey, we've lost now a long time, no seat, right? Again, he's been absent recently. He's been doing a lot of external things. It's at the notebook he found. And meanwhile, Poppy is like, Gil, Gil, Gil. you know, she's talking with her Jean. They're doing some cutesy thing, which I'll put on in a second. And Gil, again, he's just, he's not even looking at Jacob, who's talking to him. He's just focusing on Poppy. Yeah, it's, it's very like ominous the entire time how he's just staring at Poppy. And it's, um, somebody mentioned this. I, I don't know, uh, I forget who, but that, you know, his facial features really kind of remind them, at, um, like, um, what's his name? Snarf or something? Oh, shark. Shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if those two are like connected somehow. Right. So actually, um, this is one of the things I was writing down on Patreon. So a, a, a lot of people have said for a while, actually, that maybe Gil and Shark are related. Um, like numerous people said this, but Anna Rose said this really cool, um, comment. She said, besides, you know, they look alike, right? They both have pale skin and blue eyes and light brown hair. And they're like thin built. And she said that, you know, Gil, right? His name Gil is like the thing that fish breathe out of. And shark, right? And if you pronounce his name Shark, he's also an aquatic creature. And then they're working at the giant goldfish company. And she's like, ah, and there's something fishy about them. <laughs> so it could just be a giant pun. Maybe it's connected, maybe it's not. But one thing that also um, Blue Katie said was that, and I had noticed this before, it was like Poppy, he gave Poppy a job right out of college, right? And she has this pretty good job, like a managing editor job, even though there are other people there who have been there longer. And where she was wondering, maybe, um, you know, this is like big kind of, kind of connected to a big theory, right? About potentially Poppy's mother having been part of uh, a clan. And that's why she had to leave Poppy. And maybe Poppy is like this heiress to a clan and Gil hired her so he can keep an eye on her, kind of like keep his enemy closer. And maybe there's this very large overarching plot with Poppy being the center of some clan warfare that she doesn't even know about. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I second that. I saw someone uh, do like a screenshot of a picture of, is, is it Goliath and playing pool? And there's a woman next to him that looks like the picture of Poppy that they that they zoom in on her birthday mm-hmm. in that episode. <sighs> the, yeah, they think that that's her mom. Now right. that and then, you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah, because I like that particular character for a long time. I was like, there's something about her because they wouldn't show her face otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that when when Goliath goes missing, where is he? He's located at Moonbright, Poppy's home in town. Right. Why was he there? I definitely think that Lily Dusk is calculated as far as when and, and why she chooses to show things. Um, like you know the end of this episode which I know we'll get to but uh, you know like like showing the mother's face and not showing it up to this point I think there's a reason why that may come out at some point but there is a lot of of things that we we have to know (laughs) (laughs) tell us all now yeah so but in any case Gil in this case is for sure trying to draw us elicit some information out of Poppy meanwhile Poppy is you know uh, (laughs) laughing with with Ordina, like, bah, ha, ha, perfect. And Gil is like, Jacob's trying to get the notebook out of Gil's hand, but he isn't even releasing it. 
And there's a focus, there's a close up of his eyes where suddenly he, he focuses on Jacob. He's like, Oh yeah, Jacob was talking to me. And he's like, I'm sorry. And he releases the notebook. My bad. And then here, this is like super suspenseful. He's like, not a problem. Okay. Let's see. And then there's one, um, boss. And then here we're like, Oh my God, what's in it? Did he see the names? Like, is this the notebook? Is, is this like all the compromise? Right. And then pause, like Lily keeps us in suspense. And he says, it's empty. <sighs> Woo, what a letdown. Uh, yeah, um, but, but but yeah, he's like, it just, you know, just, just regular old company stationery. It's not anybody's. And and Gil, like, plays it off almost innocent, like, oh, yeah, guess I just didn't want to open it for privacy or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Big goofy smile on his face. Yeah, clearly um, put their attention on the, uh, in contrast to his previous creepy expression. So the nice recovery. Right. He's trying to present himself as innocent when he isn't. And I mean, like, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a lot of talk about just a notebook. And then he's like, oh, no worry. I want to make sure I don't lose any important notes. Thanks, Pops. Um, and, you know, Poppy is like being all nice for, to Gil. We'll save cake and coffee for you, Gil, in case you get hungry. But really, like, they have a good relationship. And she trusts yeah. him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you can, you know, I, I, you can tell that it's a very close-knit office in general because, you know, they are all... Uh, goofing around with each other they're very friendly with each other in general yeah and they're eager <laughs> um our Jean and poppy are totally ganging up on jacob they're like oh it's your turn to clean up <laughs> and he's like wasn't it my turn last week they're like well it's your turn your turn again this week and you know they're just joking around saying like he's on to us and i'm cleaning it next week and you're nothing but bullies like poor jacob <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what he gets for calling poppy fat <laughs> that's true <laughs> But while that's going on, we see Gil again, uh, kind of like walk over, and then he puts the the notebook onto Poppy's desk, just kind of tosses. But like he's once again got that kind of ominous look in his eyes, where it, it almost like it's very a like a flat look, almost. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Right now, different maybe. So here's the thing, right? So there's there's a couple of ways we could look at it. We could look at it with the whole theory of Gil is, you know, there's three things. There's Gil could be involved in the mafia. He could have been there for a long time. He could be, you know, with the poppy and the boss and the mother and the opposing clan, et cetera, et cetera. That's theory one. And then mm -hmm. there's theory two where Gil is just a regular guy, but he found the notebook and he see and he's like, okay, you know what? I can use this to help my company get out of debt and I can sell the information and, you know, they're a tabloid. So this is something that Ordine mentioned. She's like, oh, we should start publishing some of that stuff because, um, you know, it's uh, this stuff sells like hotcakes. So there's that theory. And then there's a third theory where maybe Gil is just like a normal guy and he sees his employee with this suspicious notebook. And he's like, oh, my God, who is my employee and why does she have this crazy notebook? And should I be suspicious of her? And, and is it dangerous? Like, you know, the, the option where he's even, you know, where he's innocent, which doesn't look from the way he's drawn, depicted here. That doesn't seem too reasonable. No, I actually went back and looked at the picture of um, all the guys from, you know, the uh, Aries Street Kings, because I thought maybe he was one of them. Mm -hmm. but he's not. But <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe that's how he's connected. Because, I mean, he's a little bit older, but he's like early 30s. Right. Yeah, so that would be older. Yeah. Than yeah. <laughs> right. We know he has a wife and newborn child, right? Yes. Yeah. So we just don't know. We don't know what Gil is and what his relationship is. And 
Well, you know, but it sounds like he wanted to draw Poppy out and see how she would react to the notebook and see if she knew anything about it. And now we're terrified. You know, it looks like you'll have yeah. a notebook and what's he going to do with it? And is he right. going to sell Poppy out? Is he going to betray her? Is he going to use it to try to get money? And uh, what is going to happen? Yeah. Very interesting. I believe that is, you know, an answer for one of the upcoming episodes. <laughs> <laughs> many. It's going to be, it's going to be the, the content of many, many episodes. Yeah. So this is turning out, this is not just a romance, but this is a, a thriller, action, mystery, you know, story. I think that's why I love it so much because it's not just like, yeah, we're all here for the romance, but we <laughs> also want to know what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering yes. if there's significance, you know, there's a lot of panels of Poppy's desk and her various notebook and her bag. And I'm wondering like what the significance is of all those panels and the fact that he just dumps the notebook next to her again. Like, is she going to, is she going to pick it up and then reveal to us something about how she does have the notebook? Is she going to, Think of Torah, like what's going to happen? Very curious. Yes, very curious. Curiouser and curiouser. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she, um, and Jacob are going home, and she is still staying here and doing that filet mignon article, which she still didn't finish. And you know, she's typing it out. And again, her notebooks are all in the frame as well. She said she didn't have a chance to look at it after getting back from Moonbright with all the madness going on last week. She sends an email to Jane, freelance writer at domail.com, right? Jane's very cute. Oh. <laughs> and I just realized. And again, another focus on her, on her. Nope. And she looks at them and she says, you know, this is the page that Torah picked up, right? Because she had a page that Torah had thrown an airplane at her with one of her pages from her article. And she says, oh, I guess I'll never find out what that silly man was up to that day. So again, if, if we're getting an accurate reading on her thoughts, he doesn't know about the notebook. And she right. doesn't know about what was going on in his head. And she wasn't lying. Right. Yep. And she says, and, you know, she's getting emotional here and she's getting nostalgic. And she says, you know, it's the same paper plane crease lines. And she's sad that she had to leave so quickly. And she gets like these tears in her eyes. It's a very sad moment because like, you know, a couple of weeks before we saw that, you know, they find like they parted and then here, She's like, well, I guess I'm just never going to see him again. Like, you know, he was such a small moment in my life, but it just felt like unfinished. Yeah. And, you know, she's been left before. She's her father left her. And, you know, you see a flashback of her sitting with her father. Her father just died. And her grandmother's like, oh, come along. We'll talk outside. And she's no, like she wants her dad to wake up. And she says, mom's already left us. You can't do this to me, too. So we see here that her mother left. Um, she's aware that her mother left at this age. So I don't know if her mother left recently or whatever it is. She she was old enough to understand that her mother left her. Yeah. And it's an, an ambiguous term as far as left. You know, we don't know if she's gone or if she just left Poppy's dad to raise Poppy. It sounds like she's still alive before when Poppy said uh, she looked at the picture of her mother and she said, yes. Um, you know, I hope you're okay wherever you are. So it sounds like she is alive. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting that Poppy lumps Torah together with something as important and pivotal as her family. She feels about him as strongly as she feels about her father and mother. That's <laughs> If that's who she thinks of. That's pretty it's powerful. Strong emotions for someone, you know, we as human beings, when we interact with people, we don't expect to have, you know, such a strong emotional connection with someone so quickly. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an emotional, emotional battle that she's going through as far as being able to accept that he's not there. But also, like like you said, it's it, 
she feels very strongly towards them. Right. And, you know, she's so much so that she's crying. She says, nobody likes to say goodbye, but sometimes it's inevitable. And then she says something that Kay from Patreon pointed out something interesting. She said, if this is what Tora wants and I have to respect his decision. And she said that, you know, previously in the last episode or last couple of episodes, she said, oh, you know, we both, it's better for both of us. We both should leave. But the next day she's already like forgetting about her own hesitation where she thinks that it's best for them to be separated. And she's like, well, that's what he wants. You know, she's already kind of overcome her own, her own understanding that she needs to stay away from him because she's so compelled to him. It's actually really interesting because I didn't I didn't think about that. But I think she's uh, obviously somebody who is very open and with a loving heart. And, you know, like even though she knows she, she has to stay away, she like doesn't want to because she accepts him for who he is. It's a very mature decision for a 21 year old. Yes. Right. Right. To go with the head and not the heart. I mean, I'm very impressed by that because I was not like that at that age. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> And then she has this uh, this joke. I did not get the joke right away, but um, I forgot. Gosh, I forgot who it was on Facebook who said um, <laughs> that it was a pun. Time to tackle the real giant goldfish now. Get it? Tackle goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. And she is thinking about Quincy. She says, I've got his contact info. Stay strong, Poppyland. If you can survive all that, you can survive anything. Which, again, is very like she's she's used to comforting herself. And she understands that she went through this really hard thing and she can do it again. She says, I've got my proposal written now. I've got my excuse to meet up with him all lined up. Now, this is right. Her proposal is she wants to him to write the book for Mrs. Lamb. And then the excuse is, oh, I left my brooch, my pin at your house. And she takes out the phone. She sees the picture of Quincy. And she's thinking best-selling romance, erotic novelist. She's about to look like, you know, look at she looks like she's looking him up. But then she gets a beep on her phone. And she laughs, right? Otherwise known as Quincy the baby thug. Which is cute, right? It's a little internal joke between her and Tora. Yeah, and, and uh, he ends up like, uh, he just like asks her to come and grab dinner, which, like, she knows who he is, right? That he's like actually this novelist. Oh, yeah, because she has the photo on her. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, she knows it's him, but he texted her out of the blue, right? She was about to text him. And, you know, try to meet up with him based on the, you know, oh, I need to get my, my pin back. But he texted her first. And we're actually going to see him texting and where he texts from. So now we switch to Quincy's location. And Quincy seems to be, um, I'm assuming it's his room. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, yes. It's, it's decorated in the same style of his house. Modern, masculine, dark, um, expensive. Yes. <laughs> <Sweet> <laughs> <room. For sure. laughs> He has taste. Taste and money. I was just going to say, this is the part where, like, he's looking at his phone and behind him, somebody says, hey, Blondie. And that's, yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. I, when I think of the word Blondie because when um, Flynn from Tangled calls Rapunzel Blondie. So I ever since then, I've taken to calling my own husband Blondie. I think it's so cute. So, uh-huh. yeah, we see again, you know. Quincy here is looking beyond gorgeous. Um, he's got that those tattoos, which we see one is on his chest and one is on his right bicep, and he is quite muscular and just looking gorgeous. Yes, I agree. Yeah, and then the person in, who was in bed with him says, "Where are you sneaking off to?" And this person in bed with him also looks pretty muscular. 
as a flop of flop of hair over their their eyes, but we don't really see much of them yet. And and then <laughs> Quincy being so cute, he's like, "Good morning or afternoon today, wake you, sugar plum." Just so <laughs> cute, what a cutie! It's really adorable. Um, yes. And and this sugar plum is very. Um, I guess the word is like he's being all sweet. But they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna head back to my hotel. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, no emotional attachment. Uh, yeah, right. And this is something that you know I really felt for Quincy because right away you see like his eyes go like his eyebrows slant up and he looks very distressed and he's like, oh, you said you'd spend more time with me today. You're leaving Aaron City tonight, aren't you? God knows I won't see each other again. Or rather, when I'll see you again. Right. He, he even understands that he's more into this person than this person is into him because he says, you know, it's not like we'll get to see each other when I'll get to see you again. He does, he kind of understands that this person is not as interested in him. And it's very sad. I feel bad. You know, like he's this sweetie pie. And all along, like I've been like, oh, you know, Quincy is like this self-absorbed person. But I do feel bad for him. You know, he clearly is into this other person more than the other person's into them. No one wants to be in a relationship where it's dictated by someone else. You know, relationships are supposed to be 50-50, but it seems like this one obviously is one-sided. Which is yeah, really and too I, bad. Right. First, I thought that this was a kind of like a, a one-night fling, but it looks like they, you know, because he said he wants to spend time with the person today. So it looks like they, they know each other a little bit, at least, before, and he expected more out of this relationship. Yeah. And then this per- the person's response, you know, they're getting dressed, they're pulling on their boots. They don't seem to have any emotional attachment. Poor Quincy. He's just standing there in the background looking really sad and gorgeous. <laughs> and <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and this person is just like, ciao, Bella. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> yeah. What? I would just love to know how that person got, how this person gets to this point of being able to just leave someone so unattached and so just like, I'm out. See ya. And like with nothing. Well, <laughs> right. you know what? It's because there are people like that and it's um sometimes like when i don't want to say ace but like aromatic where you're just you know you're you're just there to like for the libido but you don't really have like that emotional attachment like that that can be a thing for some people Mm -hmm. it's not you know sucks to be in a relationship like that but yeah right (laughs) it's not like that for this at least and yeah, you see right away because he tries to get this person to stay. Uh, it was just so sad. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? You know when Alice Alice tells Poppy, you know, she's like, don't run after him. If you want to, he'll come back. And Quincy's, you know, kind of doing the opposite of that. He's trying to beg this person to stay and he's enticing this person with, he's like, wait, 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 wait. He says like four times, will you be working all day today? Because I might have something fun that you might be interested in. And that makes the person turn around. And this is where we first get a better look at this person. Kind of like a backwards Torah glare glance, you know, <laughs> very tall, broad shoulders, powerful hands, and this very sharp expression, like this glare like Torah has. And, you know, Quincy sees that he's gotten this person's interest and he has a smile on his face again. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> yeah. And he has a plan. He's like, haha, this cutesy face. Now we're like, okay, what does he have planned? But right. we can we can already guess because we know that Poppy got this text. So anywho, what well we see right. Uh, the next scene cuts to the restaurant that Poppy goes to, and she's like, "I totally lucked out. Thank you, universe. I've, even though I have no idea what he's asked me out for." So you see, Pop, Quincy asked her out to come to dinner, and Poppy's all dressed up. She's you know she has lipstick on. She has this 
red red top and green olive green pants and she's wearing heels and you know it's actually interesting this her red dress is kind of similar to what the woman in the red dress was wearing when she was next to goliath just saying (laughs) interesting are these the clothes that erdine gave gave her because i know that was something like where she needed to start dressing for her job better and she I was just trying to figure out where she got this outfit. I think about these things when I read. Could be. No, yeah. right. She gave her a whole lot of clothes, so it's very possible. It's very stylish stuff and doesn't, um, like, makes her look her age. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, you see a shot of Quincy. Quincy is wearing these gorgeous leather, a uh, leopard print top. <laughs> and something yeah. that's very similar to the artwork that's in the, um, that's in the banner. Um, it's not it's not exactly the same clothes, but it's very similar in terms of print color to the artwork they wear there. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's really kind of funny in a way. But like um, Quincy ends up like, you know, greeting her and saying, like, you know, we're going to have drinks. And then he's like, "Ooh, sugar plums here, too. And Poppy's just like, um, sorry, sugar plum. And that's when uh, we see a better um we get a better look at at this person, Sugar Plum. Right. Uh, and when I first, first we see the boots, right? Lily, you know, teases it out a little longer. I even thought it was Tora because Tora has, I think, combat. You know, he's like him to wear combat boots like that mm-hmm. and those dark colors. And yes, yeah, so the person says, "Looks like we're headed in the same direction, love." And then we see it is the person that was in bed with, that with Quincy, and um, the person has this. Um, Motor, like this motorcycle helmet. So, you know, then she's Poppy says, Oh, it's you. And, and Poppy says, Poppy, right? I'm Cordelia. So now, first, first off, we were like Cordelia. At least I was Cordelia. And then Cordelia here, you see, she, it looks like she has, um, you know, breasts. So yep. we all were thrown for a loop because we thought that the person in bed with Quincy was a man. And we thought that Quincy was gay. And we're like, So, and we thought, you know, it was like, anyway, we were all confused and we weren't sure what to call this person. But Lily, thankfully, um, cleared it up for us. She said on Facebook, uh, sorry, on Patreon, that she is, Cordelia is a female and you can use um, she pronouns for her, but she doesn't really care what you call her. Um, she can, you know, she's, and she based her on this person, um, Green Dove, who is a model who, you know, is basically gender nonconforming. I actually looked her up. I didn't, I didn't know about her before, but so. Yeah, so now we, we know what to call her. <laughs> so that makes yes. clears things up. I was quite surprised. I'm I still I'm still on like the team. I think that Quincy is pansexual. Um mm-hmm. but that's just like my own personal opinion. It hasn't because like for the longest time I was like, no, nah, Quincy's gay. He's gay. He <laughs> has to be gay. And then this part I was like, Oh, I knew it. And then it turns out that uh, Cordelia is um, n- gender non-conforming, but uses uh, she/her pronouns. Yes. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I'm still like, he's probably pansexual, <laughs> though. You know, it's a thing. Yeah. yeah, he could be anything. He could be gay. He could be pansexual. He could be bi. We don't know. He could be straight. Exactly. We still don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know too many, too many, too many men that use masks. So, which is awesome. <laughs> you know what? He is very comfortable with his sexuality or uh, with yes. his, you yes. know, where he's at. So, good on him. That's what I say. Comfortable men. I mean, mm-hmm. That's what we need <laughs> more. Yes. 
So I'll tell you what this. Uh, so Cordelia, what she brings for me, there's there's a few things here. So the first thing that we see here is that for me, I know like we were all originally the, the plot originally said that there will be a love triangle between her Quincy and um, Tora. Sorry, between Poppy, Quincy, and Tora. And you know, I was like, oh no, no, I don't want a love triangle because I you know want them. And then Lily was like, oh, you know, I don't think too much of it. It was just some blurb that I wrote. And then I was like, well, if Quincy is gay, then, you know, then there is this reduces the chance of a love triangle. And people are like, oh, maybe there's a love triangle between Quincy and Torah, which I don't think that. But, um, but now with, with, uh, if, if Torah is sorry, if Pop, if Quincy is not gay, then there's a possibility that maybe he will still be interested in Poppy, which scares me. <laughs> so. I'm going to go on a far left loop and say that Cordelia is going to be interested in Poppy. There, I said it. Whoa. <laughs> so here's the thing. Right? We have here, you'll see in the very next panel, she says, Poppy, right? I'm Cordelia. Sorry, Ben. Wait, she's a beautiful, great. First of all, Cordelia is stunning. Just gorgeous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she has this like very dominant energy and she's smiles and she like kind of like smirks at Poppy and she says, sorry about that. I swear I'm not normally such a reckless writer. I just want to gush about your, and then Poppy is like all impressed. She's like, I want to gush about your mad riding skills and your beast of a motorcycle. I ride too, but it's just a little baby scooter. And Cordelia puts her hand on uh, her huge hand, right? On the small Poppy's back. And she says, well, I would love to take to take you out for a spin. Now this, Tora, this is something that Tora has done, right? Tora has put his hand on the small of her back. So to me, again, this is where I really got scared because I see Cordelia as having a lot, having like the alpha, you know, in the room. And Tora is usually the alpha in the room. And I'm very nervous about like what either Cordelia being interested in, in Poppy and them competing for her and Tora feeling threatened. And I'm very nervous. <laughs> oh, she, she definitely gives off uh, Sailor Uranus vibes, like from, you know, Sailor Moon. If, uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, if you haven't watched it, like the the whole like um like masculine woman who like is hitting on all the girls that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the other theory, though, well, we'll get to it in a second. Let's finish up with the panels. So then, you know, Quincy is like, "Oh wait, you two know each other? I hate to interrupt the fun. Let's not keep my final guest waiting." And then Poppy spins around. And she's like, her head snaps real fast. She gets a sweat mark. And she's like, "Final guest." And you know what I'm thinking, guys. <laughs> He's like, oh, yes. And he has this like little blush on his face and this happy, self-satisfied smile. Oh, actually, he's um he's been standing behind you for quite a while now, I'm afraid. And Poppy's confused, huh? And then we see the last image. We see this person with it looks like a sweatshirt, dark sweatshirt, arms crossed, quite tall, darkish skin. And we are pretty sure. We don't know because it's Lily and we never know. It's Lily. We're pretty sure it's Torah. <laughs> it's such an unfair cliffhanger because now we gotta wait a full two weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> i definitely saw some eagle-eyed viewers on facebook that had like the corner of that last panel like zoomed in and they say that we see black hair <laughs> yeah i think it's just drawing lines frankly but uh <laughs> i think so too. That's how we are we're obsessed yes Yes. So, okay, I think I, the reason I do think it's Torah, besides for like the, the height and the stance and like the crossing the arms and the clothing, is it looks like Quincy was like, okay, you know, I have step one, I have plan, you know, plan one and plan two. Um, he wants to set them up and he wants them to be together. And I think, and this is what makes me feel a little bit better, 
I think he might have asked Cordelia, besides for asking Cordelia, oh, it'll be fun to just watch those two squirm, is I think he may have enlisted Cordelia to help um, make Tora feel jealous. And that Cordelia may be flirting with Poppy to get Tora to get upset and then something. I don't know what exactly Quincy yeah. wants to happen, but I think he wants something to happen. Show of, a show of emotion, a show of territory. Quincy is definitely like, is enjoying this little matchmaking, you know, venture that he's on. Right. Yes. Which is very funny because, you know, he obviously did not communicate. Tora doesn't communicate with him. He didn't tell him. He might have mentioned about Poppy, right? But he didn't tell him what his thoughts are because Tora doesn't want to involve Poppy because he wants to keep her safe. So he's going to be so angry at Quincy for what he sees as um, endangering Poppy. And um, he doesn't know yet, right? I don't think Poppy told him that she wants to get in touch with Quincy because he um, is something, someone that Mr. Lamb is seeking after to finish his wife's book. So Tora doesn't know that on Poppy's end, she was anyway going to get in touch with him anyway, regardless of whether Quincy was matchmaking or not. Right. So do we yeah. think that, and maybe I, I, I need clarification. So how do we, how do we know that Poppy met Cordelia? Are we just assuming that they ran into each other outside with the motorbikes? I think that was the only thing I was kind of unclear about on how they were saying they knew each other. I, that might actually, cause, um, Lily does tend to like go back to show like yeah. exposition afterwards. So I feel like maybe that's something that, um, she's going to do in like the next chapter, but I, I felt the same way. I was like, I, it feels like we're missing a few panels here. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like she said, you know, I swear I'm not normally such a reckless driver. So it sounds like there was she maybe cut her off or they almost got into an accident. And, um, you know, she apparently did something very skillful with the motorcycle because um, Poppy, you know, uh, exclaims about that. But <laughs> here's something funny. Nordor from Patreon said this. She said, I want to gush about your mad riding skills and your beast of a motorcycle. I ride, too, but it's just a little baby scooter. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's so cute. You know, Poppy's like, oh, I ride, too. But she rides like a little scooter. But somebody pointed out the... Nordor pointed out the innuendo of that where, you know, um, Poppy is like, <laughs> Poppy um, right now rides a little baby scooter, but eventually she'll ride um, um, Tora, who's a beast. Tora has been called a beast. <laughs> and, and Cordelia rides the beast of a motorcycle, and she uh, probably has also ridden Quincy, who's little and baby, little baby Quincy. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes there were many people requesting secret gardens with cordelia and quincy <laughs> i mean i'm, a, I'm on board like very soon please yes so i'll tell you what i'm a little um i was very i was a little annoyed with how cordelia treated quincy i felt really bad for quincy and i didn't i yeah i didn't see that as romantic you know so like I mean, honestly, most of the secret gardens are not necessarily about romance. A lot of it is like, you know, meet and greet, one mat, one one night encounter kind of things. Right. Um, but yeah, but I just felt bad for Quincy. So my heart is a little bit set against Cordelia. And also, also because I'm, this is so weird. I, I literally was, I was talking about this with my friends and husband yesterday. I was like, why do I not like Cordelia? And I said, obviously, because how she treated Quincy. And then also I was like, she's going to be a threat to Tora. And I feel so bad for Tora. Like I really can see them competing for dominance both in terms of Poppy and just in terms of like dominance with these dynamics. And I just feel bad for Toro. Like he's been so much and I just don't want his heart to twist like that. Even if, even if like maybe Quint, you know, Quincy is doing it for a good cause and maybe he'll, you know, he wants to bring them together. He wants them to, he wants them to tell Poppy how he feels or whatever, but I just feel bad for Tora. So this is my, <laughs> my uh, disposition. 
maybe since the name Cordelia, it, it reminds me of the Cordelia from there. She is initially portrayed as an antagonist, and then she has redeeming, you know, redeeming qualities and a, and a redeeming story arc in later seasons. So maybe that will happen with this Cordelia, where she'll she's part of the triangle or part, you know, as an antagonist, and then will change. Interesting. So I think it was Patty was saying talking about Cordelia from Shakespeare. Now I don't remember everything she said, but she said she was oh, He's the daughter of some king, also some, you know, some tragedy happening. Well, obviously it's Shakespeare, but um, I don't remember everything she said, but it did, it did have some relevance to this. Oh, yeah. So uh, what I remember from like King Lear is Cordelia is the youngest daughter, right? And his two older daughters treat him like garbage. But Cordelia is the only one that's like kind to her father. But because Cordelia slighted him in some way that wasn't actually that big of a deal he like i want to say banishes her and then it isn't till the end where like it's a tragedy that she comes back and he's like apologizing to her hmm. yeah interesting okay well i guess we'll see if that it's been a while since i read it so <laughs> since high school <laughs> yeah and you know it's um somebody was also saying i forgot who said this was that if um you know, if if Cordelia is sleeping with Quincy, there's a good chance that Tora has already or somebody has done research on Cordelia because, you know, presumably Quincy has to be protected and he doesn't just let anybody into his, you know, intimate circle. So it's possible that either Cordelia is a part of the clan or that Tora has done his research on, on her already. And you see from the final stance, you know, if it's Tora, he seems pissed, you know, he's his arms are crossed. And he's been there for a while, right? It's Quentin said he's been there for a while. He had the chance to turn around and leave, right? But there's a reason he's staying. Right. So do we think that he heard the conversation between Poppy and Cordelia? Yeah, I think so. Almost. I, yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't say that. Um, you wouldn't have Quincy say that, oh, he's been there for quite some time. Okay. Whew. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see what like Cordelia brings because I... I, I love her. I think like I know that she's supposed to be like somewhat of an antagonist, but already I'm just like, no, nah, I love this character. She's gonna be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I she I definitely I think what did um Lily Dust say? She she has BDE. Yes. I, I would definitely she is a character <laughs> that I wish that I could be more like in real life, confident, have cool hair. <laughs> right, and I will say so like, for it's pretty, it's pretty clear to me, like for whatever, you know, even if Cordelia is very dominant, she's not a bad person. I could tell that because Quincy is um, a good guy at heart and he would never be with someone who is evil or nasty. So Cordelia is probably like Tora in that they're probably very rough on the outside and rough and closed off. But I would, I would assume they're, that they're a good person inside because Quincy would not be attracted to someone who is a bad person. I did find what she said about what the poster Sarah McIntosh said about... Cordelia in the King Lear mm -hmm. uh, play that she's known for her honesty and commitment to be true to herself, regardless of the extrinsic motivations to compromise those beliefs. Mm -hmm. So, right, interesting. Yeah, definitely, she'll definitely be a very strong character, and I'm I'm going to assume she's going to be a big part of the plot here. Well, yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait how this turns out to find out. <laughs> Yeah, we see like Poppy is by the way he looks frozen in place because I think that she immediately thought of Tora when when um, Quincy said the final guess uh, for them. <laughs> I hope, like I know it's Tora, but like 
a little part of me <laughs> thinks it would be funny if it's like a red herring sort of situation <laughs> where it's somebody completely different. But then Tora yeah. ends up, you know, coming later. <laughs> right. Yeah. People have that could be an interesting plot. Maybe Quincy invited another strong manly figure and somehow he'll send a picture to Tora or something that gets him there. Joke's on us. It's anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Well, uh, somebody was saying, like, we're like, oh, maybe it's, you know, we all think it's Torah. But then, you know, because it's Lily, maybe it's not Torah. And then someone was like, well, actually, maybe because it's Lily, maybe it is Torah because she likes to make us think that it's not Torah, but really it is Torah. <laughs> Inception, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. The top still spinning. <laughs> well, it'll be spinning for the next two weeks for us. Yes. Yeah. But hey, Laura Olympus is coming back next week, so woo! Yes, <laughs> yes I feel like the, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of them have come back from hiatus. Edith and the Kispets and all of them have come back. I'm excited. Me too. Well, yeah, I guess that's what we'll be reading while we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Angelina and Beth. Do we have any final thoughts overall? How am I going to wait two weeks for this? Well, obviously, reread it and again, like another three, four, six, a hundred times. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> how many? How many read-throughs have you guys done? So I uh, like this. I read it. I read it once. Okay, when it comes out, I read it once, and then I, you know, read through all the Patreon comments and the Facebook comments, and then I read it again right before I go to sleep. And the next day, I mean, now that I'm doing the podcast, especially, I read it again before the podcast, and then I usually read it again at night before I go to sleep. And then I usually read the episode again seven thirty in the week. So that's like five times just within the latest episode. And then okay. like I, um, I mean, especially now that I'm doing the podcast, I always reread the, the episode before I do that podcast. And then, then just like randomly throughout the week when I want to read, I just read a couple of chapters here and there. So a lot. I haven't gone <laughs> top to bottom, but I just definitely read the episode a lot. Um, okay. I've read it. Uh, I've read the original like a, a few times, uh, especially while I was waiting for like, um, or like Canvas, the Canvas version. I read that a couple of times while I was waiting um, for this version to come out, which was like, like 10 months. Right. So I, I read that a few times and I actually have that saved on my phone. So every so often I kind of look back to see where the parallels are. Um, and I've read this version probably about three times, but I do tend to go back every so often just to, you know, if I have a question or, you know, I'm like, oh, what's, you know, what about this chapter? Does it all connect? How about yourself, Beth? Uh, I would say total, like all the way through two times. And then I kind of do emerge of what you said as far as like for this one, I, since I knew I was doing a podcast for the first time, I probably read it through five times. Also, because I was like, did I miss something with the motorcycle and, and all that? I was like, did I skip through it? Um, but uh, and, I, and some of the ones when I fast pass and then pay for it, I go back and read through through them more. Um, but when I first read it through a total front to front to back would probably be about two times. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just thinking, going back to Quincy's behavior, I wonder if um, this kind of needy behavior that he has, if that might have to do with his mom, because we don't know anything about his mother. Um, We haven't been introduced to her. There was this blonde woman who was next to Vincent who doesn't appear to be his mother. But I wonder if his neediness isn't his needing to have somebody next to him and his honestly, his inability to censor himself, because it's most people at some point, even if they need someone and they want someone, they learn to tone down their neediness. 
But Quincy hasn't done that. He's just like, oh, please, please stay. I wonder if that's related to abandonment from his mom. And that, that might be something that he and Poppy have in common, which may lead them to be um, to get close. Interesting. Mm. I was thinking that like we don't know the terms of bars, how Cordelia and Quincy entered into this relationship. And she may be sticking by those terms. And Quincy, you know, like being a normal human being who wants to have a relationship may have agreed at the time because Mm -hmm. it was easier, you know, no strings attached or I mean, there's two movies about that kind of thing. (laughs) And we know how those romantic comedies end. But, um, you know, we don't know if if you're right that he is having attachment issues and he can't abide by what the initial agreement was. And she she is obviously realizing that, too. Right. And I wonder, you know, my first thought was like, okay, you know, maybe he was interested in her because she's attractive. I mean, she's drop dead gorgeous. And, um, you know, Quincy likes pretty things. But I'm wondering also if there's an element, and this is a little reflective of my own relationship with my husband. My husband's like a sweetie pie as well. And I'm pretty strong and dominant. And I know that he, part of what attracts him to me is is that, is because I'm dominant. Because he was raised in a house with, um, unfortunately, like his parents were, well, his parent parental figures, let's just say were uh, pretty neglectful and not able to take care of him, among other things. So I know that he needed to, um, he gravitated to people who could take care of him, who could take care of him and who were strong and who wouldn't break down in crisis like the people that he had, um, who raised him, unfortunately. So um, I think that maybe that Quincy may be drawn to strong people because he isn't strong enough himself and he needs other people to be strong for him. I agree with that, you know, um, because I'm I'm divorced, so I've been through that whole gamut of emotions of, of failure in relationships, and, and it affects you, and it affects everyone in different ways. And I wouldn't want anyone to go through that, but I I feel like I can understand how Quincy could maybe see the failure of his parents and not want to have himself go through that, and um, and that could be where the attachment comes from. And there's also like the fact that I mean we already know that his father is uh like both verbally we we don't know if he is physically abusive but verbal and emotionally abusive right we've only seen him um with Torah but we don't know how Quincy was treated you know growing up right do we know, do is there a theory that the scar on Quincy's face came from his dad oh um I figured that. The, I don't know if this is anybody else's theory, but um, so I've talked a lot about this with uh, my friend Laura. Um, and that was like one of the theories that we have come up with that the scar is probably something to do with his dad. Um, I kind of want to like look back at that picture and see if he had the like the scar in that picture. But oh, when he was younger. Yeah, when he was younger. So because that's a that's a pretty serious scar there. Yeah. Right. I was thinking that maybe it's from um, when he rescued Gayu, he and Tora. But let me mm. scroll back now and let me see. I think he... I've seen that as well. That it was that's why that's one of the things that he says that I know I can't fix what what you did to save me kind of thing. Right. Mm. OK. I'm going back to, to the baby Tora, baby Quincy. I don't see a scar when he's a kid. Yeah, so yeah. must have been when he was older. Um, it does make me wonder, like, this is a theory I always had. I feel like Quincy's mom died when he was young. Um, and whether it was, like, through abuse or, like, th- 
through or just, you know, uh, nat- natural causes or whatever. So I kind of feel like maybe that's the reason why he's so needy is because his mother like died when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Also, he's very good friends with Tora. You know, Tora is also a strong person. So he clearly gravitates to strong people in his friendships as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think Quincy is smart in his relationships, maybe aside from what we've discussed with Cordelia, because he I mean, he essentially used Tora to get out of his relationship with the publisher as an author. So because he knew what his what his friend was capable of. Mm-hmm. So I think that he although he may seem not as a strong personality, he knows how to use people to his advantage. Mm-hmm. That could come from being, you know, part of a moth, moth family and being taught that also. That's true, right? He can compensate for his inadequacies, and right by using other people. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I'm very curious about Quincy. You know, I think he he shows himself to be at first very soft and incapable, but I am wondering, you know, and and, and self absorbed. But it does look like he's he does care about his friends, and he is like a softy at heart, and he does have a tender heart. So I'm very curious to see. Uh, obviously, we're all speculating, you know, is Quincy going to be the catalyst to the Tora and Poppy getting, you know, Tora getting out of the gang and Tora and Poppy able to being able to be together? And, you know, are going to, is he going to help take the gang down from the inside? Is he going to turn against his father, which is like a huge uh, emotional, um, you know, key point where, you know, to, to betray your father or to, to fight against your father. So I'm very, very curious. I think Quincy is going to have a huge role to play here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how that all plays out in the end. Yep. Lily just said how long she thinks it will be. I know a lot of authors have said that, oh, it will be three seasons long or something like that. Has she ever said anything like that? She. The only thing I've seen so far is that she doesn't know, but she says uh, that she thinks it will be at least two seasons. Okay. Yeah, I was I was also looking for that comment. I finally found it, like, I think last week. And I, was, I don't remember where, but um, I was happy to see that as well. But yeah, I don't know. I think that we still have a long way to go because she, she takes her time to develop things and she really gives things time. She doesn't um, yeah. rush things. Everything is developed really slowly. Which is good. I Yes. Yeah. I like yeah. when when there is that slow burn. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, we have a slow burn for the next two weeks. So <laughs> wow. good luck, guys. <laughs> and thanks so much for coming on, Ashleen and Beth. It was great. Thanks a ton. No problem. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Okay. Have a great two weeks. See you later. All right. Bye.